Welcome everybody. Please take your seats. We're about to begin. Today we're talking about focus. Take your seats, please. Hello, you are listening to the Change Academy podcast. I'm Monica Reinagel. And I'm Brock Armstrong. And you may know me from my Nutrition Diva podcast, where I talk about the science of food and nutrition. And you might know Brock from his Get Fit Guy podcast, where he talks about the science of movement and fitness. Or you might even know us both as the creators of the Way Less program, where we help people achieve sustainable weight loss without dieting. And in fact, it was our work together in that program that ultimately led us to create this podcast where we talk about the fascinating science of behavior change. But however you got here, we're glad you're here. Yes, welcome. Now, this episode is going to be one that, um, well, it's going to challenge your focus because <laughs> the majority of us, well, we have a laundry list of aspects of our lives and of ourselves that we'd like to change. And while that is totally a great place to start, especially when you're working on creating a more fulfilling life, the problem is that when we try to make a bunch of changes all at once, well, we end up changing pretty much nothing. <laughs> and that is where learning the ability to focus comes in. So that's what we're going to get into in this episode. But first, we usually talk about some things that we've been working on or things that our members of the audience have been working on or asking questions. And this week, we actually have a voicemail, which is kind of fun, and it comes from listener Stephanie. So here's what Stephanie had to say. Hi, Brock. It's Stephanie. I just have a few questions about change. Um I feel like there's so many things that I should be doing or that I want to incorporate into my day, but I just cannot find the time uh, to complete all of them. So I love your morning routine. I love your ab exercises. I love yoga and meditation. And it just seems that I get to a point that I'm just so overwhelmed uh, on what I should do that I end up doing a lot less than <laughs> I also would like to do. So if you have any tips for that uh, or an answer, that would be greatly appreciated. Awesome. Bye. So I wrote back to Stephanie after she sent us that voicemail, and I gave her some specific kind of instructions, mostly based around the idea that she was sort of focusing on, which was more of a time management, I think, kind of issue. But I think it really actually stems into exactly what we're going to talk about today in terms of focus. But anyway, this is what I wrote back to Stephanie. I said I gave her three points. The first one was to not to try to do everything every single day. Just plan on one or maybe two meaningful activities per day. And then, you know what, often when we do that, we magically have more time for more things than we think, and, and that's great. But if you plan for just that one thing, you don't feel like a failure if that's all you get done. Then number two was to stack some of those activities. And if you're not familiar with the, the stacking sort of thing, that just means incorporating things into one activity rather than trying to do them as discrete. So instead of going for a 20-minute walk and then buying groceries, walk to the grocery store. That's, that's an example of stacking. So I suggested to stack the activities when you can. And the third thing was to shake the all-or-nothing mentality and... Just remember that, you know, if you can't fit in a whole workout, doing one set of push-ups really is just great. And if you can't fit in a whole half-hour meditation, just taking a few minutes and doing five box breaths can really serve your new nervous system. And using the time that you actually have to do what you can and not worrying about the things that you aren't getting done, but focusing on what you can get done. So those were my 
specific instructions for Stephanie, but I think this whole episode is going to feed into into this conversation really nicely. Yeah, I can totally empathize with Stephanie's question because I fall into this trap myself. And I think most of us can easily identify a whole bunch of things in our lives that we want to change. You know, we might be working on our weight or our eating habits or our drinking habits Mm. or fitness or even Mm -hmm. things like our financial situation, spending habits, our job, our relationship, any number of relationships. And sometimes when we get into this mode of self-improvement, we can get really overly ambitious and decide we're just going to fix everything at once. We're just going to become perfect versions of ourselves. It's kind of that January 1st syndrome, Mm -hmm. the New Year's resolution thing where we just decide, okay, from here on, from today forward, I'm just going to do it all right. New year, new you. Yeah. It's such a fun thought. That phrase is so fun. Like it seems like it should be a good idea, but then yeah, it's exactly what we're talking about. It snowballs. You think, and while I'm at it, I'm also going to finally clean out that closet and I'm going to declutter my home. And you know, the list gets so long. And as Stephanie discovered, you know, if you try to change too many things at once, often you fail to get any traction really on any of them. And by focusing our efforts on one change at a time, we can often create a lot more change in our lives in the long term. And this would apply to projects that we want to accomplish or finish. Um, It can apply to habits that we want to create, which is sort of a project. Mm -hmm. Um, But focusing on a lot of projects at once or a lot of goals at once is a good way to make sure that none of them actually get done. And the consistency isn't there to actually see the the benefits of those things too. But I want to point out, like as Monica said, sometimes like we have these big lists and and we really need to call them down and focus on really one. Well, we'll get into how many a little bit later. But I know that can feel scary and a little bit sad because it feels like you're giving up on some of those goals. But I suggest to think of it more as backburnering something because I think putting something on the backburner means that it's still in sight. It's still on the stove. It's just not on the hot element. Man, I'm really torturing this metaphor. But (laughs) the point is, is that backburnering it doesn't mean that you're not going to do it or that it's not important or that it'll get forgotten. You just need to make sure that Well, and in a lot of ways, you want to make sure that you've got somewhere where all these goals are written down so you don't forget about them. And so you don't have that fear inside you that you're going to forget about them or or that they're somehow not as important as the ones you're focusing on, because you do want to accomplish them and you don't want them to slip through the cracks. So make sure that you capture those and, and don't let them go away. So that fear is sort of allayed, I suppose. Yeah, I think this is why uh, often we're unwilling to put anything on the back burner because Mm -hmm. everything feels so important. And, you know, we just have to realize that if our focus is that scattered, what ends up happening in reality is they all end up on the back burner. So maybe it's Mm -hmm. just a matter of reminding yourself that you're not going to be any worse off (laughs) if you just consciously decide to focus on only one thing at a time and put the others than if you don't consciously decide that, but that's the end result. Now, the good news is in this whole thing is that as each of those new behaviors or new habits or new goals really make their way into your life and feel really solid, you can then change your focus. You can go back to that list of things or look at the stuff that's on the back burner and bring them to the front. The thing to remember is to beware 
if the previous behavior starts to slip away once you've once you've brought that new one in, then well, maybe it's time to to stop and refocus on that first one again. Because sometimes we can jump the gun and be like, okay, I, I've got this one when it's not quite solid enough. And just because you think, and we'll get into some timing stuff a little bit later, but just because you think like well, this will only take me 21 days to become a new habit, as we're often told. It might take longer and it might take shorter. You never know. But making sure that before you add that next thing in or even after you add that next thing in to to not let that other one slip away. And one of the best ways we can know whether your focus is actually like slipping away or staying is to monitor the choices that you're making on a daily basis. So if your daily choices are not in alignment with what you've chosen to actually focus on, then well, your focus is either kind of blurry, it's out of focus, I suppose, or your commitment to that uh, to that greater goal is, is a little weak. I mean, for example, let's say a number of years ago, I was focusing on saving money, but I realized that I was still visiting Starbucks twice a day. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, okay, clearly my uh, I'm not aligning my my habits with this ultimate goal. So I needed to really go back and sort of get a much more clear vision of what I was doing. So sometimes when you notice that your your behaviors aren't aligning with that thing that you've chosen to focus on, it, well, you need to go back and re-examine your focus and the overall objective that is really driving it. Yeah. And here's another thing to watch out for. If a goal that you're working on or a change or a habit that you're cultivating starts to feel difficult or tedious, you may feel a temptation then to switch your focus to another goal. And this <laughs> is totally a trap. Um, there's a writer, Jason Selk, who has some good writing on habit formation. And the way he describes it is that when we commit to a new goal or a project that we go through kind of a honeymoon phase mm. where we're excited about it and there's a lot of novelty and we're taking action, you know, but that sooner or later, uh, the luster starts to wear off that shiny new object and we're through the honeymoon phase. And that's when we start to feel some resistance towards continuing the work. And he calls that the fight through phase, that you have to be able to fight through that part of it in order to actually get to a solid habit formation. And if as soon as you get to that resistance, that so-called fight through phase, that's when you just kind of shift your focus to something else. Well, let me let me work on this instead. Then you never get through that to that phase of solid habit formation. So I think that's a good thing to, to keep in mind. You actually... He, he says you actually want to get to that fight through phase and you want to have two or three fight throughs, as he calls them, mm. um, which is sort of a necessary part of the process. So I would just say, be on guard for that temptation to kind of put something down and pick something else up, because that could be right at that moment where you need to fight through that resistance in order to secure that habit. I think that's really interesting, too, that the response to where you should be fighting through is actually it's almost an excitement. It's like, like, oh, I'm going to start on this other project. And that can so be such a, it can feel like such a positive thing mm -hmm. because you're like, oh, well, I've got this other thing on my list. I'm going to start working on that. So you can actually fool yourself into thinking like, I'm making even better progress because I've yeah. moved on to another thing on my Feels list. Feels very where, constructive. Yeah. 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 And, it, and really what you should be doing is doubling down on that first behavior mm -hmm. and getting through that, that phase instead of moving on to something else. That, man, that's tricky. Yeah, our, our brains are tricky things. And I guess the, the sort of the final thing on, on that is 
if you can get through that fight through phase and if you if you really stay focused it can often help with other aspects of our lives too like if you're not constantly as stephanie said in her in her voicemail earlier if you're not always feeling like you're not actually getting anything done or you're, everything's fighting for your attention that can spill into all different parts of your life and your time management feels like it's out of control and you've mental overwhelm so really narrowing it down and focusing and being deliberate, having real purpose in your focus can actually, well, create more focus in your entire life too. So maybe we've convinced you now that focusing your attention on one or two things is a good idea. But now the question is, how do you decide what of that long, long list of things that is worthy of your attention Mm. you're going to tackle first? And I want to suggest that there are three different ways you might want to think about this, three, three different aspects that you could consider in picking something. One is to look at your list and think about whether any of these things are keystone habits or keystone projects, which are likely to have a bunch of cascade effects that Mm -hmm. by doing this one thing, seeing this one thing through to completion, it's actually going to make other things easier or maybe even unnecessary. So uh, you always want to be on the lookout for those keystone habits or projects. So a couple of examples might be going to bed earlier. That may just be one in your many list of things that would make your life work better. But if you could actually pull that off, it could have all kinds of cascade benefits. You know, you may feel more energized when you wake up in the morning and be more likely to get an exercise session in. It will very likely affect your appetite. You won't be as snacky as hungry all the time because when we're sleep deprived, it really does impact our appetite. So that could make improving your eating habits work better or more more easily. So going to bed earlier could actually help you make progress on all kinds of other goals just by getting that done. So that would be an example. Or another one might be cutting back on drinking alcohol in the evening, because that tends to set off a different set of cascade effects, right? You Mm. have a glass of wine, and that leads to the second glass of wine, and that leads to the the snacking (laughs) and the staying up late and then not going to bed. (laughs) And so, um, you know, really focusing on, you know what, I really want to limit the number of days that I have a glass of wine in the evening or whatever you want to work on. That could be another one of those keystones. So that's one way you could take a look at your list and prioritize one or two over the others because it's likely to have some of those spillover effects. Okay, a second dimension that you might think about is the impact of the change that you're considering versus your readiness to do it. And Mm. I'm borrowing this concept from BJ Fogg. He's another behavioralist. He's got some great resources uh, put together. We'll, We'll drop a link to his stuff in the show notes. But he talks about selecting priorities by considering, you know, which one of these changes is going to have the biggest impact on my life, but also which one of these am I actually ready to take action on? And then you want to try to find that sweet spot um, between something that will have an impact, but that you're ready to move forward on. If something would have a massive impact, but you're absolutely not ready to actually do it, that's not going to get you very far. But you might also find yourself really willing to tackle a whole list of things that are going to have only minimal impact. That also doesn't get you that far down the road. So he suggests kind of looking at that as a matrix and trying to find the those things 
that will have both impact and that you're ready to tackle. Often it builds more momentum and actually makes you feel like you're you're making more progress and feel good about the changes that you're making if you start with something that's a little less important perhaps or maybe just something smaller, simpler and attainable like Monica was just saying, rather than something that's super duper impactful, that's much more complex and and may actually sort of make you abandon your whole process. Instead of building momentum, it could actually sort of take away some momentum. So in in that vein, the third thing that will help you decide which thing to tackle first or tackle next is the beliefs. Because, you know, our ability to convert our intentions into behaviors depends on two things. The first thing is we have to believe that that behavior will benefit us. And the second thing is that we have to believe we can actually do it. So those are three different ways that you could look at your list and think about what things you want to move to the top of your list, move to the front burner. And there's really no right or wrong answer here. You'll see that there's um, some self-awareness involved here. We're just inviting you into a process of uh, introspection so that you can make a good informed decision on what you want to tackle first. And I guess that sort of leaves us with the question of when do we know when it's ready, when we're ready to tackle the next thing on the list? And, you know, I think depending on the size of the change, you may feel like you can handle adding a few different changes in at different times. And I think especially that can be true if they're in completely different areas of your life. For example, let's say on your list of desired changes that you want to bring into your life, you have, I want to slow down and enjoy my meals more. But later on down your list of behaviors, you have let's say, do your financial budget balancing weekly instead of monthly or quarterly. Now, I feel like because those two behaviors are so unlikely to clash or occupy the same part of your brain or the same time of day, that you probably can tackle those at the same time as long as you don't try to do your finances at the dinner table, because that would probably sabotage both of them. I think you could probably try tackling them at the same time. Well, I have to admit, I, I think I see this a little bit differently. I see the point that you're making that, you know, we we do have room in our life to think about more than one thing at a time. And I take your point about changes that are kind of in, in different realms of our life. But I think mm-hmm. also we want to look at the time frames. So if you've identified three things that you want to do, and they all seem to be kind of in different realms of your life, but they all involve adding a new behavior to your daily routine, I feel Mm. like that could be kind of overwhelming. Um, You know, making one change on a consistent basis every day is is a lot. But if, you know, one of them were something that you wanted to try to do every single day, and one of them were something that you wanted to add into your weekly routine, you know, maybe that's the, the sort of separation that would make it possible. So for example, for Stephanie, she might decide, I really want to meditate every single day. I'm going to make that a priority. I'd be happy if I could just practice yoga once a week mm. and and maybe, you know, combining them in that uh, perspective would make it easier than for her to say, like, yep, every day I want to meditate, I want to journal, I want to do yoga, I want to do all of these things. So just keep in mind what kind of commitments you're making on a daily basis and, and try not to overload yourself with too many new things. I think that's the ultimately, once they're not new, it is possible to get a lot done in the course of a day. But new behaviors always take a little bit of extra energy and a little bit of extra cultivation to to really take hold. 
I think what we're getting at here is that it's a lot more nuanced than just saying only do one and only do only do three or whatever it happens yeah. to be. Well, and I think one last thing that you might want to consider is how much time you're going to want to focus uh, on a certain thing or how long it's going to take you to accomplish a certain project. I mean, you may have something on your to-do list that with full focus, you could knock out in a week. Mm. You may have something else on your list that would really require your focus and your commitment for a month or a quarter, uh, three months, you know, to actually get it done. And so keep that in mind too. How long are you going to have to prioritize this in order to either cross it off your list or have, you know, completely internalized it and added it to your daily routine and knowing that you'll be able to move on to another item on your list when you get to the end of that time frame can can also be kind of motivating can make it easier for you to say yep I am going to back burner this but I can see that by focusing on this now the latest I would have to wait before picking that up would be two months from now or two weeks from now instead of just having everything being kind of kicked down the road together so all of this really won't ever come to fruition if you don't make a plan. We need to create a plan for putting these intentions into action and also for removing the barriers that might keep you from following through. And often the barrier, the biggest barrier is that you haven't established when you're going to do these things or how you're going to do these things or where you're going to do these things. So the plan is always going to be the crux, no matter how long it's going to take you or what order you're doing them in. You've got to make the plan. So here's what I think are the key takeaways from today's episode. Number one is just to recognize that all our goals feel and are important. And deciding to tackle them in a particular order, one at a time, two at a time, that doesn't mean that you don't value them or that you're going to forget about the rest of the things on your list. Mm -hmm. You're actually trying to increase the chances that you get to all of them. Also, focusing on one new behavior at a time instead of trying to change everything at once can actually help you make more changes more quickly. It sounds counterintuitive, uh, but it's not. And, you know, really cultivating this ability to prioritize and then focus and follow through, fight through, can help us with all kinds of other aspects of our lives, too. So this is really one that's worth investing in. And finally, when you're choosing what you're going to focus on first, prioritize those behaviors that you perceive are going to be both impactful and that you feel ready to tackle right now. Nice. All right. It's time for the lab experiment. This episode's lab experiment, we want you to sit down and make a list of all the changes that you would like to make. This is the whole laundry list, all the <laughs> things that come to mind. Just put them down on paper or on screen or wherever you want to make that list. Then once you have that list, choose no more than three of them to focus on. And consider while you're choosing those, their impact and of course your readiness to actually get it done. And then put everything else on the list on the back burner, put them on hold just for now, not forever put them aside. Then for those three, find your why for each one of those. Decide why you want to do those. Make sure that they align really well with your greater objective, because that's what's going to save you when push comes to shove. Then estimate how long you'll need to focus on each one of those in order to accomplish them or at least make them into a solid habit. Then Decide what the very first step for each one will be, the when, the where, the how you're going to make this happen, 
and then do it. Take that first step. Yeah, I think you're going to find that this process is going to streamline and power charge your productivity in a way that you can't even imagine until you experience it. So I hope you're going to take us up on this lab experiment, and I hope you'll tell us what you choose and how it's going. So if you'd like to see that lab experiment in writing, we've got it in the show notes for today. And all of those, along with the archive of all our past episodes, are on our website at changeacademypodcast.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter. And we just drop you an email whenever we drop a new episode so that you know that there's one waiting for you. But hopefully you've already subscribed to the podcast on whatever app you're listening to right now so that it will be there for you. If you spend time on social media, come find us. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at changeacpod, changeacpod. We'd love to connect with you. Anyway, you can send us an email. You can uh, send us a post on social, um, but let us know what you're working on and how we can help. And if you want to leave us a voicemail like Stephanie did, you can go to speakpipe.com slash changeacademy and record us a message. You might even hear your voice in a future episode. Okay, that's it for us. We will be back soon with another episode. And here's to the changes we choose. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Don't forget your lab experiment. This has been the Change Academy podcast. <laughs>